Hello everybody, this is Micah Gunn. I was not planning on recording anything today, um, but I was driving home from work and for some reason, I don't know what it was, if it was just going to the Sabbath or coming out of Passover season, but I was listening to a song that I've heard several times before and I don't know why, it just struck me so differently today. And I, I just felt very inspired to share this with you. I'm not sure if it will be helpful or inspirational or edifying. I, I don't really know what it'll be, but I know for me it was very humbling and it um, caused a lot of appreciation to come out of me towards God. So hopefully it'll do the same for you as well. But I was listening to the song Resurrecting by Elevation Worship. And this is a song that I have probably heard like 40 times before. But for some reason today, I was just listening and the first, the very first line that came out just knocked me off my feet. It says, the head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. So it's showing uh, the lowliness that Christ had to go through or the difficulty that Christ had to go through juxtaposed with the state he's in now, the glorious state he's in now. And then the second line is just the thing that blew me away. It's, and I knew it, but I it just in this moment I felt it. It says, the Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at his feet we bow. And this, to me, uh, it, it's obviously speaking of Jesus washing the disciples' feet at Passover, which happens in John 13. But to me, this just spoke of almost the entire plan of God in just one action in that Christ went first and then expects us to come follow him. In uh, John 13, like I said, in, in verse 5, it says, After that, he poured water into a ba basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. This is his own towel. He's not asking for a towel. His towel is getting all dirty with their feet. Uh, and then in verse 6, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet, or are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And this is something Peter is amazed by. And he's amazed for good reason, because Jewish culture at the time had these strict rules for how you treat uh, strangers in your house. And this was something that you could not even require of a servant to do for a stranger. This is something that if a stranger comes to your house, you would offer them water and a basin and a towel, but you would not be required or you could not require your servants or slaves to even stoop to the level of washing someone else's feet. Abraham, all the way back in Genesis, meets the pre-incarnate Christ and he offers him water uh, to wash his own feet with, but he doesn't stoop to the feet of God to wash his feet. But here we are thousands of years later in the book of John and Jesus is stooping at the feet of mankind to, in, in humility to wash their feet so that they can be clean. In verse 8, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And this isn't harsh. This isn't mean. This is just accurate. If we are not clean, we cannot be one with God. If we are not washed, we cannot be one with God, who is pure, who is clean. So Simon Peter, in eagerness, said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. So Peter, at this point, is eager to have his feet washed, and also the rest of him, as he says. But really, what I want to focus on is not Peter's response to this, but the fact that Jesus did this. He went first. And this is almost the entire plan of God played out in just one 
small, small thing of service and humility from the Savior of all mankind to kneel down at the feet of human beings to wash them clean. Think of how amazing this is. In every other major world religion, you have a God demanding things of people and maybe giving something back in return. You have a God saying, grant me this sacrifice or uh, bow down and worship me and maybe I will do this thing for you. I'll give you rain or, or, or whatever. And the people kind of tremble in fear. Instead, we have a loving God that comes to us first, meets us on our level, bows at our feet to wash them, and then says, now bow at my feet and worship me. That's what he asks of us. Bow at my feet and worship me. But he went first. What human being could, would ever think to do this? What God, what loving, merciful God would ever think to do this? It reminds me of growing up uh, with my sister. It's like uh, I would take a toy of hers and she would take a toy of mine and we'd just be at the stalemate until mom and dad came in and said, hey, you know, you give that back to her and she'll give that back to you. And it's like, okay, mom and dad solved it. But there's still the little matter of who's going to give it back first. And that would almost last longer than the original fight. You know, no, she has to give it back first to me and then I'll give it back to her. This is human nature. This is a, a prideful thing, but God has none of it within him. Absolutely none of it. It says there's going to be, there's going to be bowing that happens. There's going to be kneeling that happens. There's going to be service that happens. And he doesn't say, do it for me first, bow at my feet. He does demand worship. He does expect that from us. But look at what Christ does here. He kneels at the feet of the disciples to wash their feet clean. And then he says, now you bow to me. You submit to me. And it, it's just, it's so humbling to think of this. It just absolutely blows my mind. It reminds me in 1 John four nineteen. It says, we love because he first loved us. Or we love him because he first loved us. Or other translations say, we love each other because he first loved us. I think all of these are true in a way. But isn't it so incredible? It almost is, uh, it, it makes me feel a little bit rebuffed. Like I, I'm unable to love unless he loved us first. And it, I think of it, it's more like a child and a father though. A child and a parent where the parent shows the child what to do. And then the child is expected to do that uh, in return to his siblings, to the parent, to everyone he meets. And this is the love of God. That he loved us first so that now we know how to love. That's beautiful. He didn't say, love, I demand you to love, and then just expect us to do it. He came and he showed us exactly what he wanted in humility. He, he made himself lowly so that he could show us step by step what he wanted. And this is the whole plan of God. How incredible, how fortunate are we that we serve a God like that? I'll leave you with one final thought before I, I sign off. I just uh, wanted to share this with you. I was just so struck and going into the Sabbath, I wanted to share it with you and, and hopefully it's uh, found you well and it's just something for you to think on and, and be grateful for that we serve a God like this. In Romans chapter 5 uh, starting in verse 6 it says for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. This is human beings. This is uh, the limitation of human beings compared to the excellence of God. In verse 8 it says but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us all this is the God that we serve the God that does not demand perfection of us initially he does not demand a perfect sacrifice he becomes the perfect sacrifice
He kneels down at our feet to make us clean so that we can approach him boldly and then kneel at his feet to worship him for eternity. He provides what we don't even have. He asks us of things and what we don't even have, he gives us to give back to him. Think of an offering at church. Everything belongs to God and he asks for some back, but he gives us, he provides for us to give back to him. Think of uh, the the demon-possessed son of the man, and Jesus goes to him and he says, he asks him if he believes, and the man says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Give me belief so that I can give you my belief. And Christ does it, and he heals the man's son right there. This is truly humbling. This is an amazing God that we serve. And I I am just so, so grateful to know the truth of his plan and to know the love that he has for us and to read it throughout the Bible and be um, just humbled by it through song. And and I just am going to be meditating on this for the rest of the Sabbath. So I hope this was enjoyable to you. Uh, I hope my enthusiasm came across because I just, I came home and I immediately sat down to record this Uh, It's probably really flawed, but I hope you get the point. I hope it is just as humbling to you as it is to me and and gives you something to meditate on and be thankful for to the almighty, incredible God we serve. So until next time, which who knows when that might be, when inspiration strikes me, uh, but until next time, keep on reading your Bibles, keep on thinking critically about them, and keep on being amazed and grateful for the kind of God that we serve in the plan that he has for us and in all that he does for us in love. Thanks, everyone.